Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mike! Give me a mic! Thank you. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. It's Kimmy's favorite day of the week. If you're listening to the day this is uploaded, it is Monday, June 5th. This is episode number 1266. Right next to me is the happy person. Kimmy, I got one thing. Kimmy. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Everybody, 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 everybody. <laughs> Hi, I am your host, Patrick Riley. Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy, three very sane spectators. That's right, the sane ones. Uh, two of them behind me sleeping on their dog bed. That's right, and one of them you might catch snoring on the show. And to my left is Kimmy. Just pull the ring. You never know what she'll say next. Yeah, I'm pulling the ring. What? What is she going to say next? Hello. Well, hello, Kimmy. Welcome to a Monday. Hi. Do you have Monday-itis yet, or are you okay? Um, okay so far. All right, Kimmy. We want to keep it that way. Okay. Yes, we do. You know, the weekend is almost here. Mm-hmm. When you think about it. You know, come on, you're one day closer now, right? Mm-hmm. You're getting closer. You're, you're sure. getting closer. And speaking of the weekend, well, the Riley and Kimmy Show will be heading out and about this coming month at various locations. That's right. The Riley and Kimmy Show will be taking it to the streets. <laughs> Join the Riley and Kimmy show as we take it to the streets and find out where we're going to be going at, at pop culture events throughout Florida. You can do that by going to our event page on our website. And what is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com. Yes, please check that out. And if you have an upcoming event, pop culture-based or possibly animal-based, please contact the Riley and Kimmy show if you would like us to promote it or be part of either of those types of events, pop culture or animal-based. We have a show that is designed specifically for animals and for pets. It's called Animal Special. Contact information available right on our event page. And by the way, when you go to our website, we have archived episodes, all of them available, celebrity interviews, videos, nerd news, and links to nerd and pop culture things. And all our social media links are there too. By the way, please feel free to follow us if you like what you hear. Please share it with your friends. Tell them to like the Riley and Kimmy Show's Facebook page and also other social media like Twitter and Instagram and the YouTube page. Please help the Riley and Kimmy Show grow. And Kimmy, where are all those links available at? RileyandKimmy.com Now, are you still free of Monday-itis? So far. All right. Are you able to play nerd and pop culture trivia? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
the nerd timeline has been adjusted. Just want to warn you about that, Kimmy, meaning it is not in chronological order. It's all over the place. Feel free to help out Kimmy with those answers. Shout them out. Yell at whatever you're listening uh, to the Riley and Kimmy show on. We are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. So you could be listening on that tablet, that smartphone, maybe a laptop, or if you're grounded somewhere, a desktop. By the way, tell your friends you found a place that offers variety nerd talk every single day and focuses on the world of nostalgia and retro. Monday, June 5th is the date, and here we go with the very first question for Kimmy. Kimmy? It was on this date. This song was released. It was released by Gene Vincent. My question for you. Was this released in the 1940s, the 1950s, the 1960s, or the 1970s? Here's your audio clue. Well, she's the girl in the red-blue jeans. She's the queen of all the teens. She's the woman that I know. She's the woman that loves me so say. Be Bopalula, she's my baby. Be Bopalula, it's Be Bopalula, Kimmy, by Gene Vincent. Give me the decade, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, or the 70s. 50s? You're correct. 1956 is when that was released. It was on this date. Seventeen fifty-two. This person decides to fly a kite in a thunderstorm for the very first time to demonstrate that lightning was a form of electricity. Who is that, well... Brave soul from long ago. Benjamin Franklin. That's correct. It was on this date in 1804. The first recorded tornado, that meaning recorded, meaning somebody actually wrote it down. They, they, had, they happened before. But the first one recorded, the first tornado in Tornado Alley happened in southern Illinois. It was 1805. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. 1865, the first safe deposit vault was opened in New York. The charge was $1.50 a year for every $1,000 that was stored. That's a pretty cool deal. Mm. (laughs) I don't think it's like that anymore, is it? (laughs) Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. 1884, United States Civil War General William T. Sherman refused. He refused the Republican presidential nomination saying, quote, I will not accept if nominated and will not serve if elected, unquote. The year is 1917. American men began registering for World War I, the draft, and that is notable, especially if you're going to see Wonder Woman, because it's set in World War I. 1924, the first fax message, Kimmy, the first facsimile message is transmitted across the Atlantic Ocean. That is in 1924. If you see a movie called Call Northside 777 with Jimmy Stewart, They show a fax machine. It's what it is. They call it something else. But they transmit via phone line photos back and forth from Chicago to Springfield, Illinois. That's 200 plus miles back, way back then. And that was in a 40s film that that's done. And that kind of technology had been established for a period of time. 
Something else happening on this date in history. It was 1937. Henry Ford initiates the 32-hour work week. That was embraced, you know, loved. 32 hours. It was on this date in 1946. The first medical sponges were offered for sale. That was in Detroit. It was on this date, Kimmy, in 1956. He made his second appearance on Milton Berle's Texas Star Theater. He caused controversy because he started dancing to his brand new single that he introduced on the show, Tell Me Who He Is. The single was Hound Dog. Elvis. That's right. 1956. It was not Ed Sullivan that he caused problems at first with. It was <laughs> it was Milton Berle and the Hound Dog thing. It was <laughs> on his date in 1959. Let's see how well you know your musical trivia, Kimmy. The year's 1959. Bob Zimmerman graduated from high school in Hibbing, Minnesota. He would later change his name. Well, you, you tell me what he changed it to, and he would have huge hits. Bob Dylan. That's right. It's Bob Dylan. It was on his date in 1964. David Jones and the King Bees had their first record. He would change his name, too. See if you can identify who he is, Kimmy. 1964. Here's Liza Jane. See if you can identify the individual and tell me the name we know him for. Well, I got a girl that's good to me. Kimmy, can you identify who that is who would have huge hits in the 1970s, 80s, and on? I can't. Kimmy, his big, one of his big hits in the 1970s was Fame. David Bowie. That's correct. That's David Jones before he became David Bowie in 1964. It was on his date in 1965. My question for you is, did this song hit number one? Wooly Bully by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. It hit its top chart position on this date, 1965. Was it a number one hit? I would guess yes. No, it was a number two hit. It peaked at number two. Do you have that in your collection? No. Did you ever dance to that? No. Moving over to something from the serious part of history, Kimmy. Give me the year. We need it exact. It was on this date. Robert F. Kennedy was shot at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, he would die the next day. What year did this happen? 1968. That is correct. It was on this date, 1967, the National Hockey League awarded three new franchises. The Minnesota North Stars, later the Dallas Stars, the California Golden Seals, and the Los Angeles Kings. Now, one of those no longer exists. Who bit the dust? The Kings? No, Los Angeles Kings still in existence. Mm. It was the California Golden Seals mm. no, longer in, in, no longer in existence. The year is 1971. Kimmy, this person releases this song. Tell me the recording artist and the name of the hit. Here's your audio clue. Winter, spring, 
some for fall. Now all you got to do is call, and I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gimme, tell me the name of that hit. You've got, you've got a friend. You've got a friend. Got a Friend was released 1971 by what recording artist? James Taylor. That's correct. Do you have any of that in your collection? No. No? Okay. It's 1972. Maureen McGovern quit her job as a full-time secretary for a new career as a full-time singer. It was on this date. Obscure music, Kimmy. Obscure music time. We will not ask a question. We're We're just offering this as something that is, well, different. It actually had airplay. People actually bought this thing. It charted on the Hot 100 at number 57. This is Bro Smith, Bigfoot from That's Bigfoot by Bro Smith, number 57, 1976. Have you ever heard that before? No. No, I, yes, it is one I do have on the MP3 player. Now, if you listen to the whole thing, it's got what you call waka waka kind of sound to it. But I wonder if Robert Rodriguez had heard this because there's some parts of it that when I hear the soundtrack to Planet Terror now, I kind of hear a little bit of that. I wonder if he borrowed, I'm not saying stole, I mean it, in tribute or something to it. Because he's, I think he's weird enough he would know that, that mm. he and his good friend Quentin Tarantino, I have a feeling, would know Bigfoot. 1979, Muddy Waters, 64 years old at the time, marries Marva Jean Brooks on her 25th birthday. The year is 1982. This song hits number 39. It's, eh, it's a late disco hit as well. I don't know if you remember this one, Kimmy. We're not going to ask you any questions about it. Just tell us if you remember it. It's Murphy's Law by Sherry. I hate to tell you, but I gotta give you bad news. I don't love you no more. I see life is like a circle. Everything you do comes back to you. To me, it almost sounds like a TV show theme. Uh, mm-hmm. I bet I could convince somebody that was a TV show theme. Probably. Yeah, didn't you watch Murphy's Law? Don't you remember that? Yeah, Murphy's <laughs> Law. Andy Griffith starred in that. Don't you remember that? Uh, Murphy's Law. That was a theme. Yeah, from 1982. Kimmy, now being serious. Serious music question, that is. Not, uh, not obscurity here. The year is 1984. This song becomes number one on the charts on this date. Identify... The the song and then tell me who the recording artist is. The year is 1984. Sometimes you picture me. I'm walking too far ahead. You're calling to me. I- 
Give me, tell me the name of that number one hit. Time after time. Time after time. If you fall, I will catch you. I'll be waiting. Time after time. If you're lost, you can look and you will find me. Number one hit, 1984, Time After Time, by whom? Cindy Lauper. That's correct. It was on this day, 1998. A strike began at General Motors Corporation. That was at its parts factory near Detroit. This closed the five assembly plants and idled workers across the United States for seven weeks. It was on this day, 1998. Volkswagen AG won approval to buy Rolls-Royce motor cars for seven weeks. Hundred million dollars, outbidding BMW's $554 million offer. It was on a state 1998. C-SPAN reported that Bob Hope had died. The report was false and had caused an inaccurate obituary on the Associated Press website. What year did Bob Hope really die? They said he died in 1998. C-SPAN reported that, but he, he hadn't. What year did he really die? Within two. 2000? He died July 27th, 2003. The year is 2001. This person's debut album, Songs in A Minor, was released. Identify who the recording artist is. I keep on falling That's Fallen, a sample from Songs in A Minor. Number one hit on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 in 2001 for whom? Alicia Keys. That's correct. Moving over to Celebrity and Notable Birthdays, Kimmy. William Boyd, born on this date, 1895, died 1972 at the age of 77. He was an American film actor known for portraying the cowboy hero Hopalong Cassidy. And he would take Hopalong Cassidy to television and become huge. Played Hopalong in the films, and then when it started, the film started to die off, he bought the whole rights, everything, the film library to all of Hopalong Cassidy. There was a lot of films. Mortgaged his house, raised over 300 grand to buy it, and he hit the jackpot because NBC TV just loved Hopalong Cassidy, and he became bigger on TV. And he was one of the first, not the first, to license merchandise. Things like Hopalong Cassidy watches, trash cans, cups, dishes, tops trading cards, comic strip, and comic books, and cowboy outfits. You had to have your Hopalong Cassidy cowboy outfit mm. for boys and girls. Oh. Hopalong Cassidy was extremely popular, and he took the role very serious and would not endorse anything that he thought was bad for kids, you know, image-wise and, and, and stuff. And matter of fact, when he got advanced up in age... In his mind, he stopped making any appearances because he said he didn't want anybody to see him unlike the way he had been on film or on television. Mm. He, he wanted people to still remember their hero, mm-hmm. which, take note, some do not do that, do they? Mm. I wonder if they should. I don't know. I mean, I, I wonder. I think it's bad when sometimes they market some people like they were back in 19-whatever. Right. Sometimes. Sometimes. I think they need to warn people a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, people have that frozen image in their mind and then they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I, and I bet that's really tough, especially for those, not him, William Boyd, but child actors. That, or people that had a very short window, didn't act for very long. You know, people still want to meet them, 
most likely, but it's kind of hard to get that image, you know, what they are now to what they were way back. Mm -hmm. Moving over to somebody else you will not know, Kimmy. His name is Robert Lansing, 1928. He was born, he was an actor, died 1994 at the age of 66. Now, you know him for one thing, I'm pretty sure. You don't know him for this, though. He played General Frank Savage in 12 O'Clock High in 1964, the television drama about World War II bomber pilots. And they bumped him off. They didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Seriously, they they determined, the producers determined he just was playing too old to play the role, so they killed his character off at the end of the season. He died, which was kind of unheard of at that time period. And they brought a new actor in to take his role, but that actor looked younger, but he was actually two years older than him who took mm-hmm. the role. He was somebody who had played on the TV series The Naked City. Now, besides being on the the show 12 O'Clock High as General Savage, he was part of a very important Star Trek episode that was actually unknown to most people as a pilot at that time. They were spinning something, trying to get it to, to be hooked by NBC. The episode is called Assignment Earth from 1968, and Terry Garr stars in it with him, and... I firmly believe that somebody had been watching some Doctor Who. They'd either been in London or in the UK, and they got some ideas because this is really kind of Doctor Who in our time, you know, in America on Star Trek. You mm-hmm. kind of get this because he he's a time traveler as well. He is human, though. And he has something that's just like the sonic screwdriver. And he has, instead of the TARDIS, he has like this closet thing that you can walk into and cross interdimensional space and time. It's pretty cool, actually. It's probably one of my favorite episodes, and I just wish, and Terry Garr's just marvelous in it. And I just wish it had been picked up. Bertie, you've got to believe me. Look, a truly advanced planet wouldn't use force. They wouldn't come here in strange alien forms. The best of all possible methods would be to take human beings to their world, train them for generations until they're needed here. Mr. Salmon, I want to believe you. I, I do. I mean, I know this world needs help. That's why some of my generation are kind of crazy and rebels, you know? We wonder if we're going to be alive when we're 30. Two minutes to impact. Yeah, she's kind of like that uh, Rose Tyler kind of thing, uh, the companion to him. and, and he, But you know, he has a cat, though, that can become humanoid. Uh, yeah, it's, it's strange, and it's a cool episode. I, I recommend it. Check that one out if you've never seen it. Back to birthdays, Bill Moyers. Having a birthday, he's 83. He's a broadcast journalist. Next person, Kimmy, musician, American saxophonist, and biggest-selling instrumental musician of modern era, and one of the best-selling artists of all time. He has global sales totaling more than 75 million records. In 1987, he had a top five hit. It was number four. Identify the person having a birthday today. Here's your audio clue. Kimmy, tell me who that is. Kenny G. That's right. It's Kenny G. Having a birthday. How old is he within five? Um, 59. He is 61, so you get that. Next person having a birthday. Actor, singer. He is a big actor now, but he got his fame singing, Kimmy. Identify who he is. 
Here is one of his hits. It was number one in 1991. He was the lead singer, the front person of this band. Here is your audio clue. Tell me who it is. Yo, it's about that time to break forth. Jimmy, who is that person celebrating a birthday? Marky Mark. And what's his real name, the Mark, actor? Mark Wahlberg. That's correct. Mark Wahlberg. How old is he today within five? 50. He's 46 today, and you might remember him in Transformers Age of Extinction 2014, and he's in the 2017 Transformers The Last Night. Moving over to another section of trivia. I see dead people. It is Notable Deaths, 1993. This person dies in surgery at the age of 59. He's an American country music singer, but he was also a rock and roll singer, R&B, and pop genres as well. Very big. Tell me who it is. Here's your audio clue, Kimmy. This was a number one hit, number one on the country charts, number 60 on the Hot 100 pop charts. The year is 1970. Hello, darling. Nice to see you. It's been a long time. You're just as lovely as you used to be. How's your new love? Are you happy? Hope you're doing fine. Just to know means so much to me. That was one of the songs they used to sample on television with the greatest hits album of this person. You would hear that. Kimmy, who is that individual who passed away 1993? I don't know. It's Conway Twitty who passed away 1993 on this date. Next person, Kimmy, see if you can identify who it is. 2012, he passed away. An American author. He dies at the age of 91. He worked in a variety of genres, including fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and mystery fiction. Here are some of his titles. We'll just have two here. Fahrenheit 451 from 1953. And the science fiction and horror story, The Martian Chronicles, 1950. Who is that author? I don't know. Truly, they did not have you read 451 up in uh, Igloo no. School? Interesting. It's Ray Bradbury, who passed away on this day, 2012. Kimmy, that wraps up the entire trivia. I think he did a, a very good job today. We give you a pass if some, you have to. It's Monday. Kimmy's, Kimmy's, yeah, you know, it's Kimmy's right. Monday. You know, mm-hmm. we, we got to give her a break here. We're going to honor something from trivia that we talked about with a golden age of radio. Radio Riley and Kimmy show. We talked about William Boyd being born on this date, 1895, and he starred as Hopalong Cassidy. Matter of fact, uh, owned the rights to Hopalong Cassidy. Well, Hopalong was in film, television, and also radio, comic books too, by the way, and comic strips. Well, on radio too, in the golden age of radio, we have some great examples here of Hopalong Cassidy. For those who remember Hopalong, grew up with Hopalong Cassidy, or for those who have never heard Hopalong before. 
First thing we're kicking off with is the episode called The Rainmaker of Eagle Mountain. 1950 is when it first aired, followed by The Voice of the Dead from 1950. Both of these are back-to-back, uninterrupted, and safe for all ages. Little ears can hear this. First one we're kicking off is The Rainmaker of Eagle Mountain. Here's William Boyd as Hopalong Cassidy on The Riley and Kimmy Show. It's Hopalong Cassidy! With action and suspense out of the Old West comes the most famous hero of them all, Hopalong Cassidy, starring William Boyd. The jingle of the silver spurs heralds that fabulous figure of the early West, Hopalong Cassidy. The same hoppy you cheer in motion pictures with the same California you've laughed at a hundred times in your local theater. These famous partners come riding into radio just as you've asked for them. William Boyd as Hopalong Cassidy and Andy Clyde as California. Now here they are in the exciting story, The Rainmaker of Eagle Nest Mountain. Hoppy, I never figured it would happen like this. You think the dessert in the bar 20 to settle down in the spot like Eagle Nest sure surprises me. California, I always said I'd find a quiet place and kind of retire, didn't I? I got a hunch Eagle Nest is it. I'll bet it don't even show on the map. Of all the local ideas I ever heard, this is it. Hoppy, maybe you ain't the man I thought you were. No, nah, maybe not. I always figured you'd die with your boots on. Not out in the desert swatting flies. <laughs> Oh, a man needs some peace and quiet once in a while. You know, a chance to sort of hibernate. It's bears what do that, not humans. Uh-oh. Look at this. A reward poster. Maybe Eagle Nest ain't so dead as a thought. $50 reward for Lou Jackson. See Sheriff at Eagle Nest. Cheapskate, Sheriff. If I was that Lou Jackson, I'd get money for Lumping me off at a price like that. Say, what do you say, Hoppy? Won't hurt to pick up a quick 50, huh? No, California. I just want to settle down. But, uh, well. Hey, Hoppy, look over there in that bush. Another one of them reward posters. $100 for the capture of Bud Bloom. I'm not interested. But, well, you sure can throw money away. Look, at two more notices painted in them rocks. Must be plenty of trouble around here. Is $500 award for grip. Just... I told you I'm not interested. But gosh, Hoppy, that ain't all power. <laughs> uh, who's shooting at us? We ain't done nothing. Come from over toward that mountain. Uh, maybe it's somebody shooting at a rabbit. <laughs> I may have a funny pair of ears, but I ain't no rabbit. Hoppy, it's just natural for a man like you to want to clean out these parts. Well, either somebody aim was awful bad or we aren't the target. Listen. I judge that must be the target coming up the trail now. Come on, let's get out of sight. There he, there he goes. There he goes now. Are your eyes really that bad? Huh? That's no he, it's a she, and a very young she. Well, darn me dang. Why dagnab them dirty... California. Taking pot shots at a gal. Let's see if this will tone them down a bit. Oh, she's out of range now, so you can huh. relax. What do you say we get out of range then? We ain't get much cover here. You know, I don't like that shooting at a woman. Maybe we had better have a little talk with this advertising sheriff in Eagle Nest. Now you're talking like the old hoppy. And I can use some of that reward money for a new pair of books. <laughs> well, come on, then.
Cassidy and the story of the rainmaker of Eagle Nest Mountain. Hoppy and California have ridden into Eagle Nest and find there's not much of a town to welcome them. The Eagle Nest sure looks like a good place to feel lonesome in. Uh, here's an eating house. Bud Bloom's place. How about a cup of coffee? Did you say Bud Bloom? Well, that's what it says over the door. But Hoppy, Hoppy, that's the lunk that was worth $100, remember? Here's our first reward money. Well, let's have a look. Howdy. Uh, hello. Mr. Bloom? Well, that's right. What can I do for you? Tell him to throw his hands up quick, Hoppy. Shh, not so fast. Been in this town long, Mr. Bloom? Almost ten years. Get him, Hoppy, quick. Ever hear of Blue Jackson? Why, sure. He owns that barber shop over there. Uh, you get him, Hoppy, and I'll go after the hair clipper. Don't be so fast, California. There's something funny about all this. Mr. Bloom, did you ever hear of a fellow named Griff Jessup? Of course. He runs the Buckhorn Bar across the street. Why? Is that so? <laughs> this is going to be handy dandy. Get him on five minutes. It'll bring us about, uh, let me see. But about... California, these are all prominent men in this town. I ain't interested in the social standing. It's the price they'll bring. I've got a hunch. You wait here. I'll be back in a few minutes. And don't do anything. But, Hoppy, now, wait a minute. Gosh darn it. I... Uh, spoiling my easy money. Uh, hey, you, uh, Bloom? Uh, yes? Cup of java. They're coming right up. Well, hello, bud. Well, howdy, Griff. Uh, what'll it be? Oh, spaghetti, I guess. Did he call you Griff? Well, sure. Griff Jessup? That's right. Mm-hmm. That settles it. A man can just stand so much temptation. Get your mitts in the air, you two. Huh? What do you mean by Get that? Get him up quick, I said. Well, now, if it's money... It's money, all right. Reward money. I seen your ugly mugs tacked up to a tree just out of town. Oh, those posters. <laughs> Why, you leather-headed fool. Don't pay no attention to them. <laughs> That's all a gag. I'm laughing, all right. Most of the thought of that 600 bucks. You'll be sorry for this, Big ears. Get moving, Patty, towards the sheriff's house. Huh? This is the easiest money I ever made. Well, let's get to walking and get this over with. Walk? Who said anything about us walking? You'll do the walking. Hey, you'll you'll do the walking. Ah, get going. I'm getting on my horse. Well, and I'm going to drive you up there just like a bunch of doggies. Oh, boy, if the folks back there in town could only see me now. Oh, get along, little doggie. Get along, little doggie. <laughs> around like that. I've seen wild horses better behave. I tell you, we ain't gonna forget this. No, me neither. <laughs> Got a classy pair of books to remember it by. Yes? Howdy, Sheriff. I'm California Carson. I got a dangerous bunch of outlaws here, which you offer us a reward for. What? They tell this man to turn us loose, Mr. Whitfield. I'd like a chance to settle Ain't this I with him. Ain't I you two down enough yet, or will I slug them good, Sheriff? Untie those men immediately and stop calling me Sheriff. My name is Wetzel. Let those buzzards fly the coop. I'm hanging on to them until I see the Sheriff. Then, uh, if you ain't him... Now, this is ridiculous. Uh, you're liable to have a long wait for the Sheriff. He hasn't been home here in two months. What kind of screwy... The going... sheriff has been working so consistently and constantly with his rain-making machine 
that he's grown quite eccentric. He can grow whatever he wants. As long as he gives me the reward. Oh, I've argued with you long enough, Lout. Lout? This gun in my hand says you'd better turn your prisoners loose immediately. It's about time. Well, if this ain't the dog... what the man says, California. Uh, Hoppy. I told you to leave it alone in the first place. But then reward, folks. I've explained to your stupid friend three times that it's all a mistake. You see, we have no need of any real law around here, and the citizens just elected Mr. Billington honorary sheriff in view of his great efforts to bring rain to this desert. And he ain't even a real sheriff? Oh, of course not. He posts those reward signs constantly, and all the people with intelligence know enough to just smile at them. I ought to take my 600 bucks out of your hide. Turn the men loose, California. Uh... Our apologies, gentlemen. My friend here was taken in, as you can understand. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, but just keep this bum out of my place. I'll put ant poison in his next cup of java. Incidentally, my name is Cassidy. And I'm Wetzel. I came here to work with Mr. Billington on his scientific experiment. I just rode down for supplies. And now, if you'll excuse me... Rode down? Yes, the rain-making machine is on the top of Eagle Nest Mountain. Rain in the desert? Is uh, is that the one with the sharp peak that uh, we pass on the way into town? Yes, and you mustn't think anything about the shooting you heard. The old man always tries to frighten people away when they come too close. Well, that's interesting, but I don't believe I mentioned the incident. Did you tell Mr. Wetzel about the shots we heard, California? I ain't had a chance to tell him nothing. He's too busy doing me out my reward money. I, uh, well, it's just Why that he usually... What's the trouble? Oh, there's no trouble. Get on with your cooking. Oh, all right. How do you do, miss? I'm Hopalong Cassidy. Well, hello, Mr. Cassidy. This is a pleasure. I'm Martha Billington. Hoppy, this is the gal we show. You must be the rainmaker's daughter. Yes, my father's working so hard on that experiment. Must be cozy up there, trying to make it drizzle and shooting at people, even his own. Well, don't let us disturb you, miss. You go right on with your cooking. But don't work too hard. You already look uh, windblown and dusty. Yes, I... Gentlemen, if I may suggest it, you had best be on your way. You've caused enough stupid trouble already, nosing into everything. We've apologized for the trouble, Mr. Wetzel. But we can't help being interested in this great experiment of Mr. Billington. He certainly requires a lot of supplies, doesn't he? If you're referring to these kegs on the porch, they contain dynamite for the experiment. So you'd better not be around here lighting any matches unless you want to be blown out of town. Oh, I don't smoke. But you'd better be careful smoking that pipe that's sticking out of your pocket. Might blow your head off and make some people awfully happy. I warn you, Cassidy, if you persist in nosing around Eagle Nest Mountain, they'll take you out of here in a box. But I like it around here. I think I might start a little ranch once it commences to rain. I wish you would, Mr. Cassidy. Hoppy, uh, do you want me to stake the horses out or cook up some grub? Both. While you do the chores, I'm going to slip back to the sheriff's house and try to get word to Miss Martha. You know, I don't like that setup. Can't blame you. That Wetzel ain't exactly friendly, and that poor gal with her father shooting her off the mountain. Well, I wouldn't judge him from Wetzel's story. This adds up to trouble, California, but I don't know quite what kind. <laughs> now, I was afraid you might be settling down. <laughs> I'll see. Mm-hmm. I know the little man, and he has a little horse in there. Hey, uh, what'll it be tonight, Hoppy? Fork and beans or beans and fork? <laughs> ah, let's have both. And be sure to put a little water in the coffee. I like coffee you can pour. You insinuate I ain't a good cook? You just can't tell a cup of demi-tasse from a cup of plain coffee. <laughs> I'll be back the time it's ready. If I don't get blown back. 
Yeah, uh, Hoppy, uh, better take off your spurs. They can hear you a mile. I never take off my spurs unless I'm going to take off my boots. And I'm not going to take off my boots. All right, go ahead and be honorary then. Uh, but be careful, Hoppy. you came back. I wanted to talk with you. That's what I figured. But don't tell me your father has to sneak around his own house. Oh, I don't know. He might. He hasn't been the same since Mr. Wessel came here and offered to help him. Why now my father stays up on that mountain day and night. Sometimes I get so desperate I try to get up to see him. And when you do, some mysterious shots are fired at you. Why, yes. How did you know? My friend and I are riding into town and saw that little foray this afternoon. Oh, Mr. Cassidy, they try to tell me it's my father shooting at me. I just can't believe it. Don't believe it when it's Wetzel telling you. I won't stop until I get up to see him. Next time, I'll try it at night. But that might be pretty dangerous. My father's always been a little preoccupied, and all the years of work he's put in on that rain machine have taxed him, but now he seems to be doing such terrible things. Like what, miss? Oh, those reward posters. Why, those men are his friends. And now every week or so, there are more of them tacked up on the trail into town. Have you ever seen him tack them up? No, I I guess he does it at night. And all the men make such light of it. They won't even take them down after he's posted them. What men? Oh, Mr. Wessel's assistant. How many are there? Three, I think. He says they're metallurgical students. But everything is kept so secret now. Miss Martha... These, uh, these kegs of dynamite here on the porch. Oh, my father's always used it in his experiments, but never so much as this before. Well, there's nearly a wagon load stacked here now. They must be getting ready to do something terrible. I'm so afraid my father will get hurt. Do, um, uh, do you mind if I open one of these kegs? Of course not. Please be careful. I never go near this stuff. All right, all right. I've handled it before. Well, look at this. White gunpowder. Why, I didn't know that. Hmm, it tastes good, too. Just as sweet as sugar. I wouldn't worry about any explosion with this stuff. But what's it all about? I have a hunch, Miss Martha, and if I'm right, California and I are going to have one sweet time tonight. <laughs> continue with the exciting story of the rainmaker of Eagle Nest Mountain, here is a word from your announcer.
in California are making their way up Eagle Nest Mountain to pay a visit to the rainmaker. But as California's mutterings clearly indicate, he'd rather get into trouble at a more convenient time. I don't know why these darned emergency can't wait till we've had our chow. My insides were so empty, even them beans smelled good. Did you tie the horses up good? Stopper's pretty frisky tonight. Sure, sure, but right now I'm wishing I hadn't. If a man was supposed to walk, he would have been born with four legs. Ah, oh, this exercise will do you good. <sighs> hey, ain't there an easier way to get up this mountain? Well, I was afraid the mainsail will be watched too closely. This is the path that jackrabbits have beaten. Well, I'm all for giving it back to him. Hey... Well, Hoppy, look. See that there thing up on top? Yeah, that must be the rain-making machine. Carnation, did you ever see a crazier-looking contraption? Why, the way that big lever's swinging back and forth... A lot of work has gone into that mechanism, California. Well, they say one generation lasts at what the next generation invents. Well, I think this is good for a big long laugh. If it ever brings one drop of rain to this here desert, I'll sit right down and eat the boots off in my feet. Spurs and all. (laughs) Well, we have much farther to go. We'd better be quiet from here on and stay close to the ground. There appears to be quite some activity around the tower. Seems there's a rustle from behind the tower. Okay, let's go over and take a look. Hey, wait a minute. There's somebody coming up this front trail. That must be what we heard. Yeah. Well, I can draw a beat on them as they come over this rise. Hey, look. Look through here. Listen to the woman. Uh-huh. That must be the old man's daughter. Well, don't make no difference, though. Wetzel says to shoot. He said to shoot to scare her. He ain't never said to kill her. Uh, maybe you're right. Let's wait for her right here. I can handle her. Hey, quiet now. There. I guess that's done. Uh, nicely done, man. Wetzel. Hello, boss. Didn't know you were around. I know you didn't. I was following Mark up the trail. I just wanted to wait and see how you'd handle the situation. Uh, we done all right, huh? Carry her inside the tank, Joe. Uh, sure, boss. Sure. <laughs> she don't look this heavy. Slim, we got to work fast tonight. Martha's been talking. You know what that means. Yeah. This has been a good spot, but we've stayed around just about as long as we can. Especially if Cassidy's going to get Snoopy. Cassidy? Yeah, rancher from the Bar 20. Always going around getting at everybody's business. Oh. So this is how we're going to handle it, Slim. You set the dynamite with fresh caps and see that the old man is locked in the tower until we're ready. And then come and help me load the pack horse. Poppy. Poppy. You hear that? They've set some of the contraption in motion. Yeah, that wheel is moving. Looks like this means quick action or this whole mountain will blow up. We'd better separate. We had. You're not afraid, are you? No, I just wanted to be around to take care of you. Uh, I'll try to manage. Now, you go around behind the tower and see if you can find some back stairs that might not be guarded. I'm sure the old man must be up there. Then where'll I find you? I don't think you'll have any trouble. In a few minutes, I have a hunch it'll be easy to find where I am. Oh, gosh, I hope that contraption don't go off while we're up here in the mountain. Because then it might start to rain and me without my overshoes. Well, you can always take off your hat and soak your head. Uh, oh. It's like we've been spotted. Keep down. Uh, I'd feel a lot better if we stuck together. It's just dark enough to show these boys how to play the old Indian game. Ordinary people. Right we are. That's Cassidy. There he is now. All right, I got up. Oh. 
behind that. That's just his hat. If I know anything about the way Cassidy operates, he's somewhere else. Well, there, Wester, I'll touch a match this keg of powder. Take another look, Cassidy. Sugar won't explode. This sugar will. I roll this keg over the powder house. Oh, was that unlocked? I didn't have a chance, Wester. You wouldn't touch that off, Cassidy. Not with Martha in the tank. California. Yeah, Hoppy, where are you? You got the girl out of the tank? Oh, please. All right, boys, I'm ready to set a match to this. Wait a minute, Cassidy. Slim, climb out of the window and get onto that big overhanging branch of the tree. And then when he comes out into the open, drop on him. Okay, well. I'm coming out, Cassidy. We give up. We know when we're beaten. Keep your hands high and no trick. Good work, Slim. It's the first time Cassidy's ever been slugged over the head with his own gun. I'll go dump him in the tank where the girl was. No, I don't think it's better. It'll be easier that way. I put a separate charge under the funnel. When you bring the old man out to set the final charge, that'll go through. Well, all right, but hurry. That machinery's in motion, and the old man's the only one who knows how to stop it. Yeah, and he ain't going to. Not after all these months of wanting to set it off. All right, Joe. Snap into it. Tie those things down. Uh, why was that machinery started before we're off this mountain? I, I don't like it. I know the timing. Let's just keep moving. Now go up to the tower and bring the old man down. Well, I don't know why it has to be done this way. Hey, Slim, is that you? Yeah, yeah You me. cover Joe while he goes up to the tower. Cassidy's pal might still be around here. Where are you going? I'm getting out of here. There's too much powder on this mountain to suit me. Why, you dirty double The rest of you aren't worth saving anyway. You planned it this way. You never meant for us to get away. Now you're getting the idea. What a rat you are, Wetzel. Oh. Yeah, you were never quite quick enough on the draw, were you, Slim? Tell it, Wetzel. Drop that gun. Huh? Cassidy! Where, where are you? Put your hands up and be quick. Slim! Slim! Joe, come and help me! Eagle Nest Mountain, the Rainmaker's giant machinery ticks closer to that uncertain moment of explosion. You up there on that tower, I got you covered. I give up. Don't shoot. I'll keep a beat on you till you get Mr. Billington safely down that ladder. I'm coming. Don't shoot. Hoppy, Hoppy. Is that you? Yeah, I told you I'd make enough noise so you could find me. Yeah, but where was you for the last 15 minutes? Taking a nap. See how bad Slim's hurt. Looks like he just winged. Bring him over here and I'll introduce you. 
Inter- inter- uh, what? Uh, well, all right, Hoppy. How are you, Slim? Oh, I guess I'm all right, Mr. Cassidy. You had me worried for a few minutes. Say, what is this? This California is Mr. Slim Davies, U.S. Deputy Marshal, under whom I've been working. Y- you mean uh, you knew all the time about this? We-, we came up here to get in trouble? We came here to stop illegal liquor traffic. And as I suspected, those reward posters were code signals to the runners. Well, doggone fooling me that you was coming up here to settle down. Oh, Mr. Cassidy, you're not hurt. I'm so thankful. You'll be more thankful to see someone else. Look who's coming down that ladder. Father! Come on over here, Mr. Billington. And you, Joe. Up at your hands and no tricks. I, I give up, Cassidy. Oh, Father, Father. Martha, did you come up to see the climax to all my years of work? Tonight I will see success. My esteemed colleague has just informed me that everything is in readiness. What do you mean? The machinery is already in motion, Martha. There's no choice but to go through with it. I must get to the control room quickly. When the giant wheel reaches the top, the great moment will be at hand. Mr. Cassidy, isn't there great danger? Not if you get over beyond that bridge. But my father in that control room. I don't know. All through the ages, man has sought a way to make it rain. No one has worked any harder than I have. And in a few seconds, the world will have the greatest gift science can give it. Rain. I'll go in the control room with you, Mr. Billington, if you like. Delighted, my friend. But there's a lot of dynamite around here. It's such a risk, Mr. Cassidy. Hurry up. The rest of you get back. Right in here, Mr. Cassidy. Now, close that door tightly. Well, I, I don't believe I have a match. Here's one. With the touch of this match, civilization will acclaim... you, California? Yeah, 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 that's me. I mean, uh, I mean, this is me. Mr. Billington is here. He's just dazed, I think. I can't tell in the dark. Well, don't light no more matches around here. This whole mountain must be gunpowder. Why, it's, it's starting to rain. Father, are you hurt badly? Rain? Did somebody say rain? Oh, Jiminy, it is starting to sprinkle. I can hear the drops hitting my head. You feel all right, Father. Feel all right? Well, I'm the happiest man in the world. Can't you hear what these men are saying? It's starting to rain. I've done it. I've done it. My machine works. Do you hear me? I can make it rain. Can we help you down the trail, Miss Billington? Well, I... I don't think they better try to walk, Hoppy. Well, maybe not. California and I'll go ahead and send horses back for you. Oh, that'll be fine. Meanwhile, I think Father will enjoy just staying right here and feeling the rain on him. Yes. Yes, Martha. What about you, Slim? I'm all right, Mr. Cassidy. Well, you certainly helped us clean up a bad case tonight. Uh... I'll take charge of our prisoners. It's still raining, isn't it? Isn't it? Yes, Mr. Billington. It's really raining. Oh, I'm so thankful. So thankful. Well, we better be saying goodbye now. Goodbye, Mr. Cassidy. Go on, Hoppy. Go on, California. Let's get going. Say, uh, Hoppy. Yeah? Wasn't there clouds gathering overhead this afternoon? Yes. Then it ain't necessarily the rain machine that started this. No. But on the other hand, it could be. Yes. Well, uh, what do you think? I think we'd better get back to the bar 20 before you decide to make a rain machine. (laughs) 
goodbye for now from Hopalong in California. And here's a special invitation to join them next time they ride out from the Bar 20 when, as usual, I have a hunch they'll get into plenty of action that spells trouble. Hopalong Cassidy, starring William Boyd, is transcribed in the West under the direction of Walter White, Jr. Musical direction, Serge Gleason. James Matthews speaking. This is a Commodore production. Hop along, Cassidy. With action and suspense, out of the Old West comes the most famous hero of them all, Hop Along Cassidy, starring William Boyd. The Ring of the Silver Spurs heralds the most amazing man ever to ride the prairies of the early West, Hop Along Cassidy. This famous hero thrills his 60 million fans with action and dangerous adventure. In the role of Hopalong Cassidy is the popular star of the motion picture series, William Boyd. And appearing as that laughable old character, California, is Andy Clyde. Now to our story, The Voice of the Dead. California Carlson doesn't often get letters, particularly since he withdrew his application from the Matrimonial Bureau. So the legal-looking envelope that came to the Bar 20 addressed to him was something to get excited about, even before he looked at its exciting contents. Dear Mr. Carlson, I regret to inform you that your cousin, Mr. Thomas Baxter, has passed on. Your presence is required at the Boxo Ranch in the above county two weeks from date for the reading of the will. The other beneficiaries have been notified. I'm looking forward to serving you in any way possible. Very truly yours, David J. Potter, Attorney at Law, Executor. But the two weeks seemed more like two years to California until the night finally arrived when he and Hoppy rode up to the gate of the box hole. Hoppy wasn't quite as enthusiastic. I just made a weighty decision, California. Yeah, what's that, Hoppy? I must love you like a brother. I don't believe there's another man in the county I'd be out with, riding around in the middle of the night in this kind of weather. Well, here's the gate. What's that sign read? Hmm, Boxo Ranch. Visitors welcome. Tom Baxter, owner. Good old Tom. Real hospitable fella right here. Like to folks dropped in and friendly like. Hold it. Someone's shooting at us on the ridge up there. Get down. I'm down already. Flat in my face. There he is. He's going back over the ridge. Well, he's out of range for a six gun. Let me get my Winchester. No oh, use now. He's gone. Well, I'll be. Yeah, so will I. Visitors welcome, huh? Good old cousin Tom. Yeah, you know, Hoppy, maybe you're right about that will. The old bar 20 looks better all the time. Now, why don't we? No. What use I got for money? Oh, come on. Let's mosey back home and forget it, huh? Five minutes ago, I'd take me up on it, California. But right now, you couldn't keep me away from the box, though, with a team of wild horses.
Now back to Hopalong Cassidy and the voice of the dead. It's almost an hour since the mysterious rider fired on Hoppy in California at the gate of the Boxo Ranch. And as they mount the rickety steps of the old ranch house, California is more willing than ever to forget his share of the Baxter fortune and go back to the Bar 20. Listen to that thunder. Concern it, Hoppy. We got no business here. I don't like this place. <laughs> you better learn to like it, California. For all you know, you might own it. Well, I'll sell it right now for ten cents. And if you try hard, you could work me down to a nickel. Uh, uh, good evening, ma'am. What do you want? How do you do, ma'am? We're, uh... I'm sorry, we don't take in strangers. You got caught out in the storm, it's no fault of mine. Oh, now, now, wait a minute. Uh, I'm California Carson. Uh, I'm supposed to be here. Oh, what about your friend here? I'm Hopalong Cassidy, ma'am. We'd appreciate it if you could... That uh... will be up to Mr. Potter to decide. This is a ranch house, not a hotel. Well, don't stand there. Come in. Yes, sir. <clears throat> It's a sin, that's what it is. Poor Mr. Tom, hardly cold in his grave, and everybody flocking around to see what they can get, like a pack of coyotes. Coyotes? No way. Take it easy, California. Where do you want us to put our things, Mrs. Uh... Hackett. Miss Matilda Hackett. Mm. Your room's at the head of the stairway. We can take your horses out there to the barn. Mr. Potter's in the study. You better see him first. I wash my hands. <laughs> Boxhole Ranch. Visitors, welcome. Nice, friendly reception we got, California. Hmm. First time I've been called a coyote by an old buzzard like that. Uh, Come on, we better talk to Mr. Potter. And keep your hand close to your hip. He might be even more hospitable than Miss Hackett. Wait a minute, what's that? Must be Mr. Potter. Sounds like... Quiet. I want it now. I'm simply trying to be reasonable, I'm through. I'm through being reasonable. I need that money and there's no reason why I can't get an advance. My father left me a share of his estate, and I want it now. Why can't you wait until the will is read? That's none of your business, Porter. I think I know why, Ralph. You've been gambling in town. All right. So I have. And I've got to pay Ogden off tonight. Well, you can't pay him off. That's all there is to it. All right, Potter. Call me when Cousin Phineas gets here. I don't want to be late for that reading. Well, uh, uh... Uh, I'm uh, Cousin California Carlson. This here's Hopalong Cassidy. How do you do? Hello. Hmm. I'm afraid I must apologize for Ralph, gentlemen. He's not like his father. I'm David Potter. How do you do? We just got in, Mr. Potter. I wonder if you've uh, got an extra place for me. Of course. There's a double bed in the room upstairs. You're perfectly welcome to it. Thanks. According to Mr. Baxter's instructions, the will's to be read tonight. We'll proceed with the reading when all the beneficiaries are here. Mm, uh, when do you reckon that'll be, Mr. Potter? Well, they've all arrived except Cousin Phineas Phipps. He ought to be here any minute. Then we'll get together in the library. Good. Shall we take our stuff upstairs, California? Uh, you go ahead, Hoppy. Reckon I'll go out to the barn and look after the horses. At a time like this, I'll feel like I ought to be in the good side of my horse. <laughs> Boy, feel a mite better without the heavy pack, huh? Hmm. Now, hang the pack saddle up and... You can't do that. Uh-uh. Who are you? Josh Coulter. Uh, oh. I, I can't do what? Uh, what you doing? Can't hang no tack on the walls, and if you've got the sense of a barn-born doggy, you'll heist your saddle back onto your horse and get. 
both you and that gun-toting cowboy you rode up with. Joshua. Uh, uh, yes, Miss Ruth? I think Miss Hackett needs you at the house. Yes, Miss Ruth. Uh, remember what I said. Pop. Pop. Why, I'll... Don't mind Joshua, Mr. Carlson. He's been acting that way ever since my father died. Well, maybe so. Uh, uh, you would be uh, Ruth Baxter then, huh? I'm mighty glad to know you, miss. I'm afraid I'll have to apologize for all of us. There's something very strange going on here, Mr. Carlson. Oh, I don't know, Miss Ruth. We ain't noticed nothing out of the ordinary. That is, nothing except a rider that tries to kill us at the ranch gate. A housekeeper who just about bites our heads off at the front door. Your brother Ralph spitting in our faces up in the house. And now this old horn told us... I know. I'm glad you and Mr. Cassidy are here. I think we're going to need you. California. Yeah, Hoppy. Cousin Cynthia just arrived. We're meeting in the library for the reading of the will in five minutes. Now that we're here, I'll read the will. All right, I'm good. Very simple, right to the point. I, Thomas Baxter, being of sound mind and not acting under duress, do hereby declare this to be my last will and testament. My property and all my holdings shall be equally divided between my daughter, Ruth Baxter, my son, Ralph Baxter, California Carlson, Matilda Hackett, Joshua Coulter, and Phineas Phipps. We the proviso that should any of these people die... His or her share shall be divided among the remaining legatees. What? Why, why, that's utter insanity, Mr. Potter. What's what wrong it? with it, Cousin Phineas? Why, why, it's not like Cousin Thomas at all. Why, it's, it's an instrument of the devil. A temptation I to... I think work. I know what you mean, Cousin Phineas. Huh? I'm afraid I don't, Mr. Cassidy. Well, as it stands now, six people divide the estate equally. If one dies, the rest get his share. It might be a temptation for someone to, uh, well, whittle down the number of beneficiaries. That's just what I mean. Oh, I know it sounds pretty brutal, but we might as well face the facts. Uh, Mr. Potter, uh, seeing as we all live a spell longer, what do we get? Uh, not much, I'm afraid. Hmm. The land's practically worthless, and there's a big bank loan to be paid off. Uh, however, I could manage to raise something for the beneficiaries if they'd all agree to sell. All right, let's find out what they'll do. Good idea. Please answer as I call your name. Well, I, for one, feel that this Now, is... Matilda Hackett. Well, yes. If you think it's best, Mr. Potty. Ralph Baxter? There's nothing else to do. I'll sell. Ruth Baxter? I won't sell. Hmm? Any particular reason? Quite right, all right. It's up to you, my dear. Uh, Joshua Colton. Speak up, Josh. I'll sell. California Carlson. Well, Mr. Potter, I've given this a lot of thought. And I... Won't sell. I said, uh... Huh? Uh, that's right, yeah. No sense in selling, no, no sense at all. Well, that makes three for selling and two against. Well, looks like it's up to you, Cousin Phineas. Oh, close that window. Look out for that lamp that's going over. Oh, there goes the light. Well, all right, let's go. Sounded like a shot. Hurry up with that light. Hurry, uh, hurry. There we are. Hold the lamp steady now. <sighs> there. I'm sure I heard a shot. Oh, I was probably a shutter banging. Now, let's get on with the boat. Very well. Cousin Phineas, it's up to you. Cousin Phineas. What's wrong, Mr. Potter? Phineas. He's... He's dead. Then there was a shot. It, it came through the window. Let's go out and take a look. Come on, everyone. Ruth, look out. I told you, Hoppy, we should have turned back at the gate there. Take it easy. You aren't dead yet. Nothing out here. Well, of course there isn't. You expect the killer to hang around and wait for us? It came through the window here. I'm, I'm sure of it. Well, right now, I'm not sure of anything. What do you mean? Now, let's see. It could have come through the window. Phineas was sitting right in that chair there. And 
Wait a minute. What's wrong, Huffy? Take a look through the window here, Mr. Potter. Huh? What's the matter, Mr. Cassidy? In there by the table. Good Lord, the body. Huh? Phineas, his body's gone. Before we continue with this exciting story, here is a word from your announcer. Back to Hopalong Cassidy and the Voice of the Dead. There is tension and fear in the Boxtel Ranch House now as the five remaining heirs to the estate of Tom Baxter retire for the night. California is less willing than ever to claim his share of the estate now as he and Hoppy talk to Ruth Baxter in their room. So you think there was something strange about your father's death, Miss Ruth? I know there was, Mr. Cassidy. I think my father was murdered. M- m- murdered? Uh, but, uh, but he died right there in that bed. Because someone poisoned him. Slowly, over a long period of time. I think he knew it, too, toward the end. But why would anyone kill him? They wanted the ranch. Yet, according to Mr. Potter, it's practically worthless. Well, that's what Mr. Potter says. I don't believe it. I tried to get an accounting of income and expenses, but Mr. Potter says there isn't any such thing. My father was a businessman, Mr. Cassidy. He wouldn't run his ranch without a set of books. Hmm. But your father never said anything? Oh, no. He couldn't talk near the end. Just lay in his bed here reading that book of Channing's essays on the table there. You see, he was partly paralyzed. It affected his speech. Poison, huh? I wonder it's if... It's that I... Matilda Hackett critter, Hoppy. She's the cook, ain't she? And poisoning folks is probably a hobby. I think it goes farther than that, California. You say this is the book your father always read, Miss Ruth? Yes. Channing was a favorite of his. Ah, it looks pretty well thumbed over, especially this section here. Hmm. Look at that. What is it, Hoppy? It's like Mr. Baxter underlined a passage here. All wavery, as if you can hardly hold a pencil. Well, that's strange. What does it say? Thank heaven for books. They are the voices of the distant and the dead. Books. The voices of the dead. I wonder if he was trying to tell us something. Someone was listening at that door there. Uh, 
there's no one there now. Uh, I guess whoever was listening found out what he wanted to know. Mice, they sure have big feet. Get your britches on. Ain't never hit them off. Not in this house. Light the lamp. Yeah, coming up. Come, sharn it went out. Shucks, went out again. What's the matter? I keep scratching matches and they keep blowing out. There's a powerful draft coming from somewhere. Well, that's funny. The window's shut, so is the door. Try another one. Mm, you see what I mean? Yeah. The draft's coming right straight out of the wall. From under this picture of old Tom Baxter here. Now what you up to? It is hollow. There's a passageway behind this wall here. And I'll bet this panel under the picture is the door. Well, doggone. What did old Tom Baxter be doing with a contraption like that? The box was built during the Indian trouble. Probably protection for the women folk. There ought to be a catch here somewhere. Wait. What's that? Sounds like someone down the library. Take a look out the window here. There's a light down there. Yeah, from the library. Wonder what it is. I ain't too curious. Come on, we can climb down the trellis here onto the porch. I'd like to take a peek through that library window. Easy now. Can you see? Not yet. Now. Ah. What is it? Take a look. Well, I'll be... It's Ralph. Yeah. What's he doing at the desk? Looking over a set of books. Miss Ruth was right. The old man did keep records on the ranch here. Look, he's walking over to the fireplace. He's going to burn them. Hold it. You ain't going to let him. Wait, I said. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's putting them away. Those stones under the hearth are loose. The old man kept his books hidden underneath. What you going to do, Hoppy? Wait here till he's gone. And I have a look at those ledgers. Well, Mr. Potter. Up rather late, aren't you, Ralph? I might say the same of you. And uh, I hate to be overly curious, Potter, but I'd like to know what you're doing in my room. I want to talk to you. Oh? Yes, I have certain suspicions about what's going on here, and I think it's fair that I face them out with you before I take them elsewhere. Go on, Potter. I'm interested. Where did you go just now? To the library. Why? I couldn't sleep. I uh, thought some reading would relax me. Any more questions? You'd better ask them now, because when you're finished, I've got a few myself. One more question. Why did you kill Cousin Phineas? <laughs> oh, that's very strange. <laughs> that's the first question I was going to ask you. Drop it, Ralph. I think I know why you went down to the library. Go on. Phineas was shot from inside the room. I found this on the floor. A revolver cartridge case. It was under your chair. Well, you're changing your tactics a little, aren't you? Now it's a frame. You're trying to hang that killing on me. Well, you won't get very far, I'm afraid. I told you I'm trying to be fair with you, Ralph. <laughs> There's an old saying, Potter. Thank heaven for books. They are the voices of the distant and the dead. Mean anything to you? Where'd you hear that? Oh, yeah. Just happened to overhear it tonight, and it gave me an idea. I looked up my father's ranch accounts down in the library. Accounts? How did... Never mind how I found them. And they told me a lot. Number one, there are 1,500 head of cattle missing. Run off somewhere waiting for the beneficiaries to sell out. 
Number two, there's oil on the property. Five, Eastern Outfits are angling to buy it right now. And number three, you're the crook who killed my father and who's trying to hoodwink us into selling. That's a pretty serious charge, Ralph. I'm glad you're laying it on the line because the one thing I want to do is get you up in court to repeat it. Don't worry, I will. You know, there's another old saying, Ralph. The best defense is a first-class attack. You've heard that one too, haven't you? Get out of my room. I advise you to be around in the morning when the sheriff gets here. Good night, Ralph. Going someplace, Mr. Potter? Oh, Cassidy. Hey, put traffic around this house for tea in the morning. I've been talking to Ralph. I'm very tired. Do you mind if I... I'll only be a minute. What about Ralph? I... I knew he was a disgrace to his father, Cassidy, but until now I couldn't believe he was a murderer. Are you sure? Absolutely. I'd rather not say any more until the sheriff gets here in the morning, so if you don't mind... What was that? It came from Ralph's room. That door's locked. Stand back. Well, Potter, do you still think Ralph's a murderer? Good Lord, he's dead. Yeah, shot while he was sitting in this chair here. But the room was locked. Doors and windows, both. How could anyone I get in here? I got a pretty good idea how, California. Come on out in the hall. Stay right there, Potter. I'll do no such thing. Did you hear what I said? Well, all right, Cassidy, if you think so. What is it, Hoppy? That secret passageway runs right through the wall opposite the chair. Stay flat against it and you'll be safe. Now, listen. I want you to put Potter in the other chair. Keep him there, you understand? Then start asking him questions. You know what to say. Yeah, but what are you going to... Wait a minute. Oh, Miss Ruth. Mr. Cassidy, I heard the shot. It's your brother. Ralph? What's happened? I have no time to explain now. I need your help. Do what I told you, California. And you better keep your gun handy. I don't think Potter will like sitting in that chair after you start asking those questions. here, Carlson. I refuse. Easy now, Mr. Potter. Just lean back in your chair there and relax. Will you put down that gun? Nope. Now let's get back to the story, Mr. Potter. Hoppy and I seen in the books that someone struck oil up in Boulder Canyon and ranch property, right? Right. Then someone figures how handy it'd be if old Tom Baxter was to up and die, right? Will you shut up? Nope, so someone sees to it that old Tom dies of a mysterious stomach ailment, runs off his stock, and tries to bluff the heirs into selling out. Please, Carlson, not here, I tell you. Nope, not unless you want to tell me who your partner is, Mr. Potter. I, I can't talk here. Where's Cassidy? Pretty busy right now, checking on something else. Uh, shall we start back at the beginning again, Mr. Potter? Sure, that door to the passageways here under the picture. You say you can't remember? I don't know anything about it, Mr. Cassidy. What beats me how you could grow up in this house and not know about it. We weren't allowed in here as children. Why? Father had a strange feeling about that picture. We, we were never allowed to touch it. Wait, that's it, the picture. What do you mean? Let's see now. The spring is obviously underneath. I can't move it. <gasps> Look. There she goes. Why, I never would have believed. Think he's in there? Yeah. Trying to decide whether or not to kill Potter before California makes him talk. Maybe you better stay here. Not on your life. I'm going with you. Uh, 
Now back to Hopalong Cassidy and the voice of the dead. The answer to the mysterious murders at the Box Old Ranch House isn't far off now as California holds David Potter at gunpoint in the room where Ralph Baxter was killed. Knowing that behind the wall at his back the killer is ready to fire if Potter starts to talk. Meanwhile, Hoppy and Ruth work their way down the secret passageway toward the murderer's hiding place. Hold it. Oh, can you see anything? Listen, I'm getting tired of waiting, Potter. When you reckon you're gonna come to your partner? Will you be reasonable, Carlton? No. It's right around this corner. Stay right here. All right. Good luck, Hoppy. Thanks. I ain't no reasonable move. You're conniving with someone to grab off this ranch. You wasn't exactly reasonable about poor old Finney's picture Ralph Baxter there, was it? Please, Carlton, he'll kill me if I... And maybe if he don't, I will. In the morning and sometimes I don't think straight when I miss my sleep. Now you're going to talk or no? All right. All right, I'll talk, Carlton. Put down that gun. I said put it down. Hoppy! It's all right, Miss Ruth. Hoppy, all right? Yeah, take Potter back to our room and tell him his partner just retired from business. Hoppy! Ah, there you are, mister. Who is he? Turn him over, California. Right, Hoppy. Uh, there you go. Cousin Phineas. Suffering snakes. Oh, why, I thought you... Yeah, so did I. That was quite an act you pulled down the library, Potter. It was his idea. He wanted to play it safe. So you fired into the floor and hustled us all out on the porch while the body disappeared, huh? That's right. Oh, please, Cassidy, I... I can't talk now. I don't blame you. Better save your breath for the story you're going to tell the sheriff when he gets here. Ruth. Yes? Better get everybody in here. Better get everybody in here. I want to tell them they can rest easy now. I think we've lost our last beneficiary. Uh, excuse me, Hoppy. Huh? He just lost one more. Me. Now, wait a minute, California. You know you're entitled nope, to... Nope, not me. I learned a good lesson here at the box hall, Hoppy. It's better to be a live cowpoke than a dead millionaire. <laughs> turnabout California leading Hoppy into trouble. Now he can't do so much complaining next time Hoppy stumbles onto some happening that needs close watching and a ready gun. These partners will be riding out again soon into a threatening episode with an ambushed stagecoach. Hopalong Cassidy, starring William Boyd, is transcribed and produced in the West by Walter White, Jr. The Voice of the Dead was adapted for radio by Harold Swanton. All stories are based upon the characters created by Clarence E. Mulford. This is a Commodore production. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages 
for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal based about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.